Welcome to Absolutely Not, the live podcast series dedicated to providing examples of setting personal boundaries at work and the vocabulary needed to name harm in those spaces. I want everyone and anyone to set personal boundaries at work and create healthy relationships in the places that they want to be in. Thank you so much for being here today. I just wanted to take a pause real quick and say thank you to everyone who has been showing up consistently to Absolutely Not because it's really growing my community and I cannot thank y'all enough. Like, I can't, I don't want to cry in the beginning of the episode because we haven't even gotten into it yet, but thank y'all so much. The vocab words for this episode include abuse, manipulation, and traumatic. Yeah. These words and their definitions can be found on my website under the resources page. Feel free to look through those words and learn more about what we talk about here on Absolutely Not. Today's episode is titled Navigating Narcissists. I know, I know, I feel it in my bones and everything, but we have a really special guest here today who's going to help us walk through navigating narcissists. My special guest today is Rissy Latouche. Rissy is from Brooklyn, New York, and moved to Amsterdam, Netherlands, and she started her marketing agency after an eight-year career as a marketer. She designs and executes marketing strategy for tech startups and scale-ups across the U.S., U.K., and Europe. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. I am terrified, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I'm also a little bit terrified, but we got this. Yes, okay. Today, we're going to be talking about navigating narcissists. Where did that episode title come from? Honestly, it came from my experiences over the course of my career. I seem to keep running into narcissists. And I would definitely say that as I've climbed higher in my career, um, especially coming into leadership positions, I noticed that they're just a lot more frequent up top. Uh, they're a big reason that I decided to leave uh, my full-time career and start my own marketing agency because I decided that I just wanted to figure out how to work with good people who treat others really well. And I've also had so many different conversations with people who have also dealt with narcissism in their career and have given them guidance over time. And I figured, you know, bringing that to a larger audience was never a bad thing. Oh my gosh. Um, you said you found them frequently at the top of organizations? Unfortunately, they seem, I mean, these higher level roles where you do have a lot of attention and you get to manage these big projects and manage teams and have control over people seems to really like draw narcissistic personalities. I've also noticed that just in the corporate world, companies tend to value your production over anything else. So even if you're hurting other people, you won't necessarily get taken out of your role for that as long as you're producing. And so I do find that narcissists operate in a way that um, allows them to succeed without considering how that really impacts others. And so you do tend to find them, unfortunately, in many of the leadership positions. And I've definitely come across them quite a few times, unfortunately. Um, you have definitely touched on, like I'm flashing so many positions and people that have come in my life just flashing in my eyes. But um, I love how you kind of went into what narcissistic characteristics look like. Could you kind mm -hmm. of list out for the audience a little bit more what you can 
identify a narcissist? Like what characteristics assist you in identifying a narcissist? Yeah. So when I was younger, I always used to have this saying, and I realized that I was actually talking about narcissists when I said this, but I had the saying that everyone is the center of their own universe, but for brats, they want to be the center of everybody else's universe as well. And so uh, when I realized as I got older that when I was talking about brats, I was really talking about narcissists. And so I would inter interact with people who I genuinely enjoyed spending time with. Um, but I would always notice that they would push a little too hard. Um, I'm a person who really enjoys treating other people well. Um, I would, I'm probably a I would say I'm a reformed people pleaser. I hope that I'm not landing in that bucket anymore. I try really hard not to. And I do try really hard to set good boundaries for myself and encourage others to set boundaries. And what I've noticed is that narcissists don't tend to respect boundaries. Um, they don't tend to, to even like have empathy when uh, their behavior is pointed out. Sometimes they'll just speed right on by it and make excuses for it. Or other times they'll just deny it and say like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That never happened. So of course the gaslighting is happening and all of it is with the goal of centering themselves and centering themselves in others' worlds as well. And that's kind of how I start to suss out the types of people that they are. And that's a lot of data that you're talking about. The ability to say, okay, on several occasions, you have done this behavior. Um, yeah. When did you start to realize, oh, wow, I am identifying patterns. I can definitely identify narcissists. I would say that it was in, um, when I was li still living in San Francisco, um, I uh, worked in a role where I came across somebody who was a narcissist. And one of the things that I noticed about them is that they were very concerned with their image and the way that people saw them. Um, and they often, the image that they project isn't actually accurate to the type of person that they are. So with narcissists, like many of them, a lot of it does come from insecurity, unfortunately. So I do want to say like, I'm trying to re- I'm trying to shift the way that I think about narcissistic personalities. I have come into contact with them in the past and been like, oh no, they're terrible people. They don't deserve to have a job. They don't deserve this, blah, blah, blah. But fundamentally, if you start to look into it, and this is talked to my therapist about quite a bit, is that many of it, much, much of that behavior comes from somewhere. Um, and so a lot, if you start to think about it from that standpoint, you'll see that the, the behavior they exhibit is often due to them kind of trying to reconcile those pieces for themselves. So that might be like a lack of attention. So they're trying to get gather as much attention as they can um, for themselves. That might be kind of like sustaining some sort of image. And so they'll craft whatever narrative they have, they need to around that in order to sustain what they think they are, who they think that they are in other people's eyes. Um, but one thing that I have noticed quite a bit about narcissists uh, that has, it's probably the hardest thing for me to deal with is how much they tend to talk behind other people's backs. Um, I, I think that's the, the, the part that always really got me because I, like I said, I care a lot about treating other people well, and I'm way better actually at advocating 
advocating for other people than I am for myself. So if I feel like I, you know, I, I hear something negatively said about somebody, but they're not there to, to defend themselves and it's said in an open space, that's often a sure sign that the person who's saying it doesn't necessarily have that person's best interests at heart. And that's definitely a, um, a factor that I've noticed in people who have narcissistic personalities. Mm, uh, this this is the gospel for a lot of us, for a lot of us re, uh, recovering people pleasers, for a lot of us recovering from trauma in the workplace. This is something that the vocabulary that we've needed to be able to suss out these people. Um, one of the things you talked about is the narratives they're creating. So by doing that gossip and by they're elevating themselves, have you ever had to talk to a narcissist about that type of behavior? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have. So when I was younger, I used to, I, I've shifted so much in how I've dealt with them. I went from going like, oh, I'll just lay low and they won't notice me to I'm going to try to combat them. Never, ever try to combat a narcissist. It is not worth it. They have way more practice than you do um, and it will drain you. I don't recommend it. Um, now what I do is I just tell the truth and I'll tell them about themselves, to be honest, and I tend to just leave the situation now. Um, and I have had, you know, people say to me, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I had somebody who uh, I personally noticed was a bully to others. And I said to her, like, I don't understand why you need a verbal punching bag uh, in other people. You, you really should figure that out and learn how to treat people better. Um, and she was very taken aback by the fact that I had called her out on that, but this was someone who would make nasty faces at people when they said things that were unsatisfactory to her. Um, she was the type of person who would kind of just like completely blow past others' boundaries, even when they'd been set. And she particularly did it to people who she thought she could get away with doing it to. So I, I will say that that's another thing with narcissists is that they know who they can mess with. All humans know who they can put, who they can try and who they should kind of like back off of. And especially when you see the person who's like maybe the youngest person in the room, the least experienced, or maybe is a bit more timid um, and they're dealing with a narcissist, they're often going to get most of the, or kind of the brunt of the worst behavior. And so that's another way to kind of look at how they behave. Oh, it sounds, all of it sounds so very disgusting, but also resonates because I'm just like, oh, I've seen all of these people before. I love that you allowed my audience to hear the fact that combating these types of people will drain you. I know that we get a lot of external messages about like, oh, you can change people if you sing songs to them and then they will be better the next day and Christmas will come. Christmas yeah. never came. Christmas never, ever came. Um, ooh, and another thing that you, you said was a verbal punching bag. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, yeah, we, I'll process that on, on my own because, oh, um, but those internal boundaries that you set with yourself to say, okay, I am now able to identify narcissists and I will not combat them. Um, what was the first steps in setting those internal boundaries with yourself? Uh, the first step was combating one. Um, <laughs> uh, I used to, um, 
I used to, another workplace um, experience I had, I worked with someone who was a narcissist and I saw that her behavior was very negatively impacting the production of the, the productivity of the team. Um, and, and at the time I was, uh, I would say a very trusted person on that team. And so a lot of people would come to me and talk to me about the things that they'd experienced and ask for advice and try to figure out how to navigate it. Um, and so I took it upon myself to um, kind of help them navigate it. And ultimately what I did was I had all of them bring the feedback that they'd been coming to me with to our leadership team. Um, and that person's work came under scrutiny and it was, it was found out that they basically hadn't been super productive in the work that they were doing. They had been projecting that they had been super productive. They had been projecting that they had been um, you know, super effective in the work that they had been putting together. Um, and ultimately it was hurting the bottom line of the, the business, which is really what companies care about. And so her power was sort of taken away and that ended in her ultimately finding a new role and leaving, but it absolutely killed my mental health. Um, I had already like been in a pretty stressed, um, stressful environment. Um, for better or worse, I did love my job at the time, but it was way too much work for one person. And so um, navigating that situation taught me that even if I was successful in the end, really she just went on to another environment and I was left with my mental health kind of in shambles and my physical health as well as a result of my mental health. And I talked to uh, my therapist actually about dealing with narcissism because I just didn't understand why it was so hard for me. Like, why do I care so much about this person's behavior? Uh, and my therapist said to me, she was like, the thing is, you're way too empathetic of a person to be able to share space with a narcissist. You're always going to be asking yourself the question, why are they doing this to other people? And they will never ask that question themselves. And so you're always going to start in this kind of like place of deficit and it's going to, you know, it's going to be detrimental to you. And so that's why I had to set that boundary of my, for myself, which is I just need to remove myself from the situation if I come into contact with someone like that. Oh my gosh. Um so many of us go into workplaces like, and we have that mentality like, oh no, this, this is just me. We kind of gaslight ourselves and everybody else is fine. It's probably mm -hmm. just me. They are not fine. They always come to empaths and say, oh my gosh, I hate her too. Or da, 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 da. And none mm -hmm. of it is the words that we use frequently. None of it is productive or effective to mm -hmm. the team, to anybody, like nothing is getting done because we're all stressed the fuck out and talking about this narcissist who yeah. can't lead the team effectively. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but one of the things I did notice is you put successful in quotations. What, I know that you talked about your therapist assisting you and reevaluating what you see as successful. What else has helped you in this transition of, creating what successful looks like when dealing with a narcissist? Honestly, I, um, as you mentioned, I live in Amsterdam in the Netherlands now. I moved during the pandemic. Um, I had a great career in San Francisco. I've been doing marketing my whole career. I absolutely love it. But um, 
when people say that San Francisco is a work hard, play hard environment, they mean it. Um, and it, San Francisco really, really takes it to an extreme. And I don't particularly feel that it's the most helpful place to, or I, I should say healthy place to live, um, depending on what your environment is, um, especially not as a black woman that has its own ramifications. But I will also say that um, capitalism is driven by narcissists. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, capitalism functions on companies being successful. It functions on them making as much money as possible. And the types of people who are kind of going to succeed in those types of environments while uh, holding their image paramount, while holding their success paramount, while holding their kind of like value or their self-worth paramount are going to be the people who drive that system forward the most. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm not super excited about participating in capitalism in that way anymore. I don't have a choice because this is the society that we live in and you know, I do need to make money and I do like nice things. So you know, I'm gonna have a career, but um, a lot of it has come from figuring out how to shift my career in a, in a way that allows me to be a bit more true to my values and also hopefully create a a good environment for other people to work in as well. Um, and I don't think, I've never really come across an organization personally, I don't believe that doesn't have some sort of narcissism somewhere, um, or even if it doesn't take it to the level of narcissism, there is going typically going to be some level of toxicity that's going on. And that's something that I've tried to cut out of um, my experience as well. So to answer your question of um, kind of like how I've learned to set those boundaries and navigate. Um, a lot of it just comes from reframing my thinking around what success looks like in my life and understanding that that doesn't mean that I need to be in the topmost role in the topmost marketing organization at the top company. It can mean that I spend my days, you know, hanging out with my friends and doing cool projects for brands that I care about with maybe not the top level marketing team in the company, but a team that actually has really good people and that I'm really excited to go in and work with every day. So that's what I'm working on building right now. And I'm really excited for you because oh, as soon as you realize that, that that success, you can determine that on your own, you can create that on your own. Uh, People hate that, but it really does give you your life back. One of yeah. the words that you use frequently to describe your previous ideas on success and your current ideas on success is the environment that you are in and the environment that you're developing. Um, have there been any people in the old environment that you are part of that are still here with you in the new environment? Oh yeah, absolutely. I made um, I've made amazing friends throughout my career. Um, I would say even the friend who convinced me to move here, or partially convinced me to move here at the time that I did in the middle of a pandemic, like a um, <laughs> question. I feel like it was a questionable decision, but I did it, and it's been successful. Um, was actually one of my best friends that I made at an old company. I actually constantly hear people say your coworkers are not your friends, and that always hurts me to hear because I've made so. I I've met so many amazing people in my professional life. And to this day, they help me. If I need a connection to someone, if I just need someone to chat with, if I need a place to stay, they're all available for that. And so I've, I would say the overwhelming majority of people I've come across in my career have actually been very, very beautiful people. But 
you know, the bad apples will sour the whole bunch, unfortunately, sometimes. And if that's an environment that you find yourself in, especially if that, if the narcissist you're dealing with is leadership, um, you're not really going to be able to fix things from within, unfortunately. And so it's really important to be able to identify that and say to yourself, you know, I'm just not going to do this. I'll just exit. And, you know, this, you, and, and also make peace with the fact that that environment will continue to function exactly as it has functioned while you were there. Once you're gone, you can't hold yourself back and say like, oh no, I need to fix every single thing because it's just not possible. Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. And like you said before, those narcissists are usually up and down, like they're way high up. So the mindfulness or the boundary filled life that you're trying to inject into that already toxic environment, they're going to spit you right back out. Like they they have no intent on changing what they're doing because it's productive to them and successful. But I'm so glad that you're able to bring people from your old environment into your new environment. I think what a lot of times when people say your coworkers are are not your friends, what I think they're trying to say is, not all your coworkers are your friends. And when you set boundaries, you're really able to define, okay, this person is cool and respects my boundaries. Are the people that um, are still in your life, have you set boundaries with them in the workplace? Um, I I would say that I'm a very open person. So um, I probably naturally set boundaries around say like the types of conversations that I'll have mm-hmm. in particular environments, but I would definitely say that I'm an open book. I'm not, um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm not a private person. I would more so describe it as I think the human experience can be so unique and so diversified in so many different ways. If me sharing my life experience can ever be helpful to somebody else, I would rather share that than keep it close to the chest because every experience that we've had, somebody else in history has had at another point. And I do think we there's a lot of kind of information loss when we don't talk about the experiences that we've had. And so that something that I really, really try to embrace in my own life. And that's how um, I've been able to kind of continue uh, those relationships and even build that foundation to have them to this day as well. Mm, I love that. And there's a lot of talks around authenticity right now, being your full self in every environment that you're in. And I think a lot of people think that means, oh my gosh, I would have to do tell everybody everything, but no, there's still boundaries Mm -hmm. there. You get to choose who you share that information with. And Mm-hmm. Um, when I realized that, I was like, oh shit, I, I don't have to tell Barbara from accounting about my dealings with a narcissist in my old, my old department. I don't have to do that. I can exactly. still be authentic with who I want to be authentic with. That's awesome. <laughs> I just want to read this comment really quick. Um, someone shared that Mark Twain has been quoted as saying, never argue with an idiot. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. I believe this can be applied to narcissists and bullies. Do you believe that as well? I highly agree with that, especially the experience part. They're so good at it. They've been doing it their whole life. Well, maybe not their whole lives, but you know, um, for a good chunk of their lives, uh, presumably. Mm-hmm. They're so good at it. <laughs> they are. Um, one of the things that I've realized during this kind of racial reckoning around Black Lives Matter and a whole, everything that's diversity inclusion in organizations is 
oh, I just lost my, oh no. The fact that people are now com not really combining, but they're being very specific in the terms that they're using. Could you kind of talk about what's the difference between, or if there's a difference between narcissists and bullies? I think there is a difference between them. Um, I would say that bullying is an, a behavior that narcissists tend to employ, but I wouldn't say that all bullies are narcissists. Um, bullies aren't necessarily seeking um, validation, I don't think, all the time, or um, even seeking to center themselves. I would say it's more so just about power for them, um, whereas narcissism, I think, comes from a much more deeply rooted place. Um, around that person's um, desire to be centered because they maybe miss, miss that somewhere else in life. Um, I do also feel that people who are bullies know, sometimes will know that they're bullies. A lot of narcissists, and this is something really important for me that I learned, um, a lot of narcissists don't know that they're narcissists. Um, and that's a, a really hard thing to reckon with. Um, they don't often ask themselves if they're narcissists either. Uh, so if you're like, I've had the, the worry of like, am I a narcissist? Have I ever done this to people? And you know, if you're asking yourself that question, um, that's usually coming from a place of empathy. And that's something that narcissists tend to struggle with. And so I would definitely say there's a difference between those two groups of people, but overlap as well, of course. Oh. That is one of the hardest pills I've had to swallow. It's just like, they don't care. They do, they, and you cannot make them care. They're at some point, they may come around, but they may not ever, but you still have to live your life and you still have to continue forward. Um, one yeah. of the things my therapist asked me when I was like battling a narcissist, just like, is this the hill you want to die on? Are you yeah. going to stay here for the rest of your life trying to change this person? Yeah, yeah. And I immediately had to be like, well, shit. <laughs> when does it end? If you choose to go into that battle, right? There's no easy way to extricate yourself from it once you're in it. Mm -hmm. So at what, like, what's your end point when you decide to do that? Um, and I really like the question of, is this the hill you want to die on? Because that question automatically causes you to kind of consider what you would lose out on or what you have to give up in order to continue fighting for that thing. And narcissists will take a lot away from you, <laughs> given the chance. Okay, I, I need to process that. What would you, oh my God, what would you be giving in order to continue this fight? Ah. And it, with everything that's going on right now, you know what I mean? Like all the information that's going up, the feeling of having to like fight people on social media and on the internet and stuff like, yeah. girl, what are you giving up in order yeah. to just like, get you wrong, you racist and I have other stuff to do. I have a family. Yeah. I fall into that hole more than I would like to admit. I'm not going <laughs> to getting into arguments with people on social media. I deleted my Reddit app. <laughs> really trying to stop I I just like I also worked in um diversity equity and inclusion um at my last company so just I'm I'm so so like passionate about like no you can't say that this is not compassionate this is not okay um so yeah I, I completely hear you on that and I think a lot of us haven't had this vocabulary so a lot of the times we're 
we're thinking that it one, it's possible to change people. And also that the person on the other side is actually interested in learning more or having a conversation. What would you say are kind of your pinpoints that somebody doesn't want to have a conversation or learn more? If they gaslight you, definitely. Um, if you point out something, point out that something is happening and they deny it, um, that can often be a sign, but it's often also a trigger for you to gaslight yourself because you might be like, they, they must not have meant it, you know, like they, they, they didn't even know they were doing it or they said that they didn't know that they were doing it, but they were going to try to, they, they were going to try to address it. And now, you know, moving forward, things should be better. And I actually have very, one very specific example of this where um, I, this is actually the person who would make faces at people in video calls when they said unsatisfactory things to um, when they heard unsatisfactory things, I should say. And I mentioned this behavior to this person and they said, well, you know, my friends say I wear my heart on my sleeve and you will always know what I'm thinking by my face, but I'm really going to try to temper that behavior down. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're good. Like at least there were other things, but at least this was one thing it felt like, okay, this person can take feedback. They, they will adjust and that I left that meeting feeling better than I had walked in. Um, and then I noticed that the behavior continued one predictable but two, maybe a little bit less predictable is look at how narcissists shift in terms of the environment that they're in. So I would notice that when this person was on internal calls with just our team, they would always display this behavior of kind of like bullying people a little bit, facial expressions, all of it. I noticed that when we were on external calls with people who are not on our team, people at other companies, whatever it might be, they were sweet as pie. It was like night and day. And I went back to them and I said, there is a marked difference between the way you behave when you're just talking to us versus when you're talking to other people. You're not gonna sit here and tell me that you don't know the difference. Like this, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and the thing about narcissists is that they will trip up. They trip up all the time, but they will never admit it, even if you call them out on it. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to exhaust your energy. Imagine going to somebody with an example of a behavior that's making you uncomfortable or that is unacceptable. And they promise you that they're going to change it or they deny it, right? And then you go back to them because they haven't changed it or because they said that they were going to work on it, um, but they haven't. Once you start to notice that that behavior only shifts based on their environment and based on when they deem somebody important enough to see their good side versus when they deem that they have enough power over another person for that person to see their bad side, that's when you start to realize what you're dealing with. And it's really, really important to look out for that. Mm, oh my gosh. Even their initial response of, well, my friends say like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm grown now, so I can, I can identify that, but I know myself in a younger place, I definitely would have been like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I'm so happy that you saw it this way. I'm so, we're going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, once again, this vocabulary is so important just because the ability to identify it sooner saves you a lot of heartache, saves you a lot of mental health. It saves you a lot of just time in your life. Like I don't need to stay here and be bullied for three years uh, for experience. I'm good. Yes. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Um, when you were setting boundaries with that narcissist in that place, were there any people that came to your aid? Um, yes, I've had, I have had people definitely have my back in professional environments when I've had to deal with a narcissist. Um, I think one really good, this is actually a really good tip for navigating them as well. Find yourself friends who are not friends with the narcissist. So find yourself powerful people who you can build really strong relationships with, who that narcissist doesn't necessarily either have access to or um, doesn't have the opportunity to build a strong relationship with. Because those are the people who will come flying out of left field when the, when the ground starts to get pulled out from under you. Um, and that was really what kind of saved me in that particular situation. Um, it was having, you know, like executives at the company who I built really, really good relationships with. Um, to be honest, though, I actually think that that's why the narcissist didn't like me was because I had these connections that they didn't have access to. Mm -hmm. um, and those connections kind of like boosted uh, the work that I was doing and, um, or I should say amplified the work that I was doing and um, led to me getting more recognition for that work in places that they didn't necessarily get recognized for that work, their own work. So it can like put a target on your back, but I do think it's much more of a pro than it is a con to just have those people who are really going to have your back. Um, treating people well goes a long way. It really doesn't cost anything to be a nice person, to be compassionate, to be empathetic, um, to, and it's good, it's good leadership skills. There are so many different benefits for it. You feel better, <laughs> you know, there's so many, there's so many um, uh, uh, benefits to that. Uh, I believe heavily in, you know, greeting people with a smile, asking how their day is doing with like actual curiosity and not just a quick pass on by. Um, people really do remember how you make them feel. And I think that's gonna be really important when you're navigating the environment in which you have to, you have to navigate people who are narcissists. Mm, oh my gosh. And I, I wrote down the ground pulled out under you. Um, what I'm, there's somebody who was in my brain throughout this whole conversation, but immediately when they got the chance, they pulled that rug out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, younger me I was very shocked I was like oh my god where did the run like I don't understand I thought we were a team well me now I'm immediately like girl there was step three there was 17 red flags and we just and we were very surprised when the rug was pulled out but your strong relationships held you up even when that rug was pulled out so I'm really excited about that for you that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. So that's great. Um, yeah. We talk about those strong relationships a lot, specifically support system. Is there anybody that's a part of your support system that you'd like to shout out on the show? Uh, well, I have so many of them. I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble if I start naming names. <laughs> I have a lot. I, I will say that to like each and every one of my friends in life. Um, they've all been super important to me in so many different ways, um, especially having, you know, moved to a new country during a pandemic, the phone calls, the friends who, I mean, one of my best friends, I'm not going to name his name because I said I wouldn't name names, but <laughs> he's awesome. He lives in Paris. And so he lived in, he had moved to Europe 
like right before the pandemic hit. And he was actually um, my best friend at one of my old jobs. We sat right next to each other. And um, he's somebody who has had, we go back and forth on career conversations all the time. We're in the middle of a text thread on one right now. Um, but like, you know, in the pandemic when we weren't really supposed to be traveling, but I was seven months into being away from home and had never been away from home for that long and really just needed to see somebody I knew. I was able to hop on a train to Paris and go stay with him and his wife, who is also my best, one of my best friends um, for a couple of weeks. So I'm hugely thankful to my support system. Um, I've been very lucky in that I've had a very strong group of friends from a young age. My oldest friend I've actually known since we were five years old and in kindergarten getting bullied together. Um, and I've kind of just like rolled through and made more and more um, as I lived in different cities and moved through different jobs and environments. And I would say each and every one of those people is, um, is hugely important to me. Oh, and I hope they know who they are. I mean, they probably will. That was a very oh, specific yeah. story, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm being able to know who they are. Um, <laughs> it's so important to have that system because even if something terrible happens at work, we, we talk about this a lot. Being able to extract your worth from your work, you still know that you are worthy because there are people on the outside who are shouting your name regardless if you have a yeah. job or not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Before I tear up, um, could you, before we wrap it up, could you share the top three tips you would share with people who have listened to this episode and are probably like, oh shit, I work for a narcissist and they yeah. want to start moving differently in that space. Mm -hmm. um, I would say my top tip is make a plan to get out. Uh, whether that get out means moving teams, whether it means moving companies. Um, I'm speaking in a professional environment here. Um, obviously, I do understand that there are people who are going to be in um, under the power of narcissists who do not have the means or privilege or access to be able to get out. And that's a completely different thing. Um, but I would say that in professional environments, wherever you can find your way out of the situation, if you have the ability to do so. Um, the second tip I would say is, um, is don't combat them. Um, that does not mean allow yourself to be walked over. Um, that does mean that you still get to set boundaries for yourself, but don't find yourself in a place where you're like, I've got a plan and we're going to get this person out of here. It's not worth it. Um, they really, really do have way more practice at it than you do. Um, and so I, I would definitely recommend don't combat them. And um, the final thing is, um, which is kind of a, a combination of the first two tips is take care of yourself, uh, check in with yourself, um, pay attention to where your mental health is, pay attention to how you feel when you're interacting with that person, drink water, make sure you eat, um, it's really easy to stop taking care of yourself when you're in stressful situations. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. You get stressed out, you stop taking care of yourself. And then because you're not taking care of yourself, the stress just gets worse. And so, um, you know, try your best to navigate the situation while you have to stay in it. Yes. Um, I love that you talked about identifying how you feel around that person because that's really going to help you say, okay, that was red flag number one. That was red flag number two. I remember in a warehouse job I had, I used to go to the break room and we would about that person all day long, but we never did anything. We didn't do anything about it. We didn't set boundaries or anything. Um, 
So it's really important to be like, okay, we have the data that we need. This person is off. They're <laughs> exhibiting abusive behavior. What are we going to do next? And that's where two and one come in, set a plan, of course, to get out of there and don't come back. Then. Yeah. Oh, also, I have one more. And this is a mistake that I've made in my life. And I am refuse to do it again. I hope I don't do it again, but um, to give advice to people, if you find yourself working for a narcissist, don't let them help. Don't let them use you to recruit other people to their team. <laughs> because I've done, I've been that person and I felt so bad. I had people that I had interviewed and helped hire who came up to me when I quit and said, I literally chose this job in part because I was excited about working with you and now you're leaving. And I, to this day, feel so bad about the fact that I kind of like pulled people into this, this um, environment that I, at the time was, I was still learning. They, they worked on it early. It was just like, it was very early in my, in my tenure um, at this particular place. But um, <laughs> Yeah, if you identify it, try your best not to pull other people into that situation. Um, not only for those people, but you might feel it, find yourself feeling bad about it later on as well. Um, so yeah, don't let them use you as a tool. Because they will. Because they will. Oh my gosh. Okay, I just want to read this last comment. It says, um, they're so glad that you still have friends since you were five. They have friends from age seven that was a bully and then they finally cut them out of their life at age 35. Oh, it took becoming a parent for them to be able to find the courage to speak openly. Oh, uh, they felt like they had died for about 24 hours. It was so hard, but they've never, I know, right? Never looked back. That was one of the only times I spoke up to a bully for myself. I'm better speaking up for others. Oh my gosh. That's really important. Oh my, um, so much of that. I just want, I just, but I do want to touch on that one. The feeling like you died after you have to cut those people out. You touched on this earlier that um, it's really hard for people who are genuinely good people to kind of be like, no, that person is bad for me. I have to let them go. Has mm -hmm. that ever been hard for you? It's losing a friend is, I've had friend breakups that were way far and away worse than, than you know, like romantic breakups. So I, I highly resonate with that. Um, it can be really difficult. It can be really, really difficult when the narcissist is your friend. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Okay. Oh, before I start crying, I haven't cried so much, so that's, that's good. Um, are there any last minute sprinkles you'd like to share with the audience? Um, I don't think, I think I, I covered all the things. I would say uh, one thing that I, I heard a lot, um, I've heard a lot recently, or I heard once recently, and I've been thinking a lot about is that hurt people hurt people. So um, whether they're a narcissist, whether they're just whatever behavior that's being exhibited towards other people that can be detrimental to them. I think the world would be a better place if we all considered um, more how we treat others. Mm. Um, I think we could make just so many different situations better. And so, um, yeah, I, that would be my last comment. No. That's a really good one. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you so much for being here today. Your wisdom is just immeasurable. Like I, 
I have realized so many things about the people that are still kind of in my life that I need to reevaluate some things and maybe slap some labels on some people. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for, for connecting with me, um, for inviting me to be here. I've so enjoyed all of my interactions with you. Um, and yeah, just thank you for doing this work and putting yourself, putting your emotions out there and your feelings out there and sharing yourself with the world to create this. I really appreciate it. Oh, no. Okay. And with that, goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Absolutely Not. Your support means the world to me. You can always further support the show by leaving a review or visiting the Support the Mission page on my website, www.katrinastroll.com. My website is also where you can register for upcoming live episodes, watch amazing past episodes of Absolutely Not, and buy Absolutely Not merch. Yay! Until next time, keep setting those boundaries and saying absolutely not to anything unaligned. See you next time.